Welcome to the commute home. This is Derek. This is Nick. Hey, man. So uh, we're going to try something new this week, huh? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go down a new avenue. That's right. So we decided to uh, you know get to know each other a little bit more and kind of talk about our stories. And you know, Nick's got a lot of funny stories he likes to tell. I've got a lot of funny stories about that I like to tell about my life. So we figured, you know, let's tell some funny stories. Let's get to know each other better, and uh, you know, let's uh, see where this goes. Getting to know you, Nick. I think it's great. <laughs> I love that. Getting to know all about you. <laughs> Hopefully I'll like you. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like fucking bobbing my head and shit. People have no idea. No, they certainly do not. Only people that know should know. all right so you know first things first you know something i've got some questions about is you were in the military and that's the rumor that is the rumor and you know that's like you know there's always a lot of stories that go along with it i know a lot of people that were in the military and have told me a lot of stories i got a ton of questions about it and it's probably a, a big part of who you are today so i wanted to talk about that yeah i've got lots of stories I never killed any money, anybody. Uh, I wasn't in the NAM, but uh, I've got some. I've got some stories, though. I've got some fun stories. Yeah, because you're more. Are you more Desert Storm aged, or are you more uh, Afghanistan aged? Holy shit, man! Desert Storm aged. <laughs> wasn't that like early nineties? Uh, yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? <laughs> so uh, I guess I would have been like. Pre nine eleven, I joined when in ninety eight. So, okay. yeah, post post as I, I joined in what was considered peacetime. I guess you could say. Yeah, and it probably was for the first what three years, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, all the way up until you know nine eleven, it was it was pretty quiet um, in regards to everything that I was involved in, and and even post nine eleven, I mean, you know, uh, there was no. I was never deployed or anything like that, but I did a lot of work with people that were. So, um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's kind of how it went down. So the big question I have first is why? Why did you make the decision to go into the military, and why did you make the decision to go into the branch that you went into? Um, so <laughs> I, my family, uh, not – well, at least I didn't think at the time uh, – family of military history – uh, didn't grow up with it around. Um, so there was really no like drive to join the military. Uh, my junior year in high school, I, um, I joined ROTC and, you know, I thought that was, that was kind of okay. You know, I liked the fact you could join like the rifle team and there was other stuff involved on it. And to be honest with you, it was mostly just fucking off and, and doing shit with, you know, some pretty cool people. It really wasn't like a push for everybody. You got to join the military. You got to join the military. What does our ROTC stand for? Like, I know what it is. I have no idea what it stands for. You know, I I thought you were going to get me right there because I was like, what the fuck? But I remembered like right away. Uh, Reserve Officers Training Corps, or when you're in high school, it's JROTC or Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps. I can't believe I remember that. Holy shit, man. I haven't had to remember that in 20, almost 20 years. 
Okay, so well over fifteen years. Reserve Officers Training Corps. Interesting. Very. And yes. I, I don't. I've never seen uh, ROTC available uh, at high schools in Illinois. Growing up, you know the funny thing is, is like. So I went to different schools growing up. I went to public schools. I went to township schools because we moved around a lot. And none of the township schools really, the uh, like outside suburbs of Indianapolis had them. Uh, but anything like inside Indianapolis did have them. Oh. So maybe it's more of like a, I, maybe it's more of like a city type thing than it is a suburban type thing so um i've actually heard about this i saw a documentary about how uh recruiting is always highest in poor neighborhoods and and, and that's on purpose uh, like, like the the amount of uh people in the military right now that came out of the detroit area is huge it, i think it's the biggest number percentage wise of uh, candidates that come in is from detroit yeah i i think a lot of so i think there's something to it and i think a lot of people like when you come from neighborhoods like that and there's like that consistent struggle, uh, in a lot of ways, people look at the military and they're like, that's an escape yeah. from what I deal with every single day. And to be honest with you, a lot of people are in the military with that's, that's why they joined was to escape what they had back home yeah. and find that consistency in life. Hell, some people did it to know <laughs> They were going to get fed every single day mm-hmm. and they were going to get paid and, you know, they weren't going to have to make money breaking the law and everything like that. Uh, going back to me, I didn't join for any of those reasons. Interesting. <laughs> I, I didn't join, uh, you know, you find a lot of people that joined for uh, the GI Bill, which, you know, pays for your education. I didn't join for that. Um, it was the end of my junior year. It was like May of my junior year, we had this recruiter come in to the ROTC class. And he was like, he was like, Hey, you know, you can join the national guard. And I'm like half listening to him and and everything like that. Fucking off in the back of the room. And he was like, you can go one weekend a month and two weeks a year. And I automatically thought, boom, stripes. Right. Cause like, that's how stripes started out with, uh, Bill Murray and, um, Egon. Fuck, I can't remember his name right now. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yes. It was, it was them that was in the reserves, right? They wanted to join the reserves? Or am I thinking in the Army now with Polly Shore? I think you're, think, uh, you're thinking in the Army now. Yes, in the Army now. Uh, stripes crossed my mind, too, but yeah, in the Army now. Um, but I'm like, hey, I, I should go do that. Because they had this thing, it was called split training. And what split training was, was you went to basic training after your junior year. Then you went back and finished high school. And as long as you finish high school, you go back and do your individual training or your job training, uh, which is called AIT, after your senior year. And then you go on through your military career doing, doing that job. So normal military, though, you go to basic training, then you get like a couple weeks off, then you go into AIT and then you go into your career, this was split up, uh, you know, to try and, I think it was really to try and gain people joining the military because people joining at that time were, were relatively low, again, because of, of peacetime. So, for you, so this was like summer camp with guns for your, for your boot camp then? 
Yeah. And to be honest with you, like I listened to this recruiter and I'm like, yeah, I should do that. And then I talked to the recruiter and it's like from the time I, I saw that recruiter and I talked to him the first time until the time I was going to basic training was a matter of like two and a half weeks. Oh, wow. So it was, it was so freaking quick and like, it was absolutely insane. So I go home and I tell my mom and I'm like, Hey, you know, I want to go to summer camp this year. And it, the funny thing is, is when you're on ROTC, they do have a summer camp where they all go to uh, Camp Atterbury, which is in, the, in Indiana, for two weeks. And they essentially, like, play Army for two for two weeks. And high school kids. But I was like, I'm going to go to summer camp, like, for real. And um, so I go home and I tell my mom, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to join the military. And she's like, like, hell you are. You're not freaking joining the military. And because I wanted to be, you know, rebellious and an asshole, I said, look, either you do it now, you let me sign up now, or in November when I turn 18, I'm going to do it anyway, just to piss you off. And I'm going to go active duty instead of National Guard. So National Guard, for people that don't know, you know, one week in a month, two weeks out of the year, uh, difference between National Guard and Army Reserve, National Guard is uh, you report to the governor of the state Whereas the reserves is a branch of the, you know, you fall under federal jurisdiction, if you will. So National Guard, state, reserves, federal. Uh, so I went home and I said, hey, I'm going to do this. She was like, no, you're not. I'm like, just talk to the guy. You know, I want to do this, whatever. So the very next day, the recruiter comes by. He tells, you know, tells the whole spiel. And like I had already made up my mind, even though I really wasn't sure why. I did it like there wasn't like this overwhelming. I'm a patriot and shit, and I got to defend the country and all that stuff. None of that existed um, in my mind. I was just like, I'm gonna go do this, and maybe maybe it was to get away from home. Maybe that's really ultimately what it turned out to be. But um, so Spiel came. It's kind of a lesson, actually. I, I think a lot of times, you know, just by doing stuff as opposed to not doing stuff, when you just do stuff, sometimes good things happen. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you know, we're talking like a period of two and a half weeks. Like, I didn't have time to, like, chicken out or anything like that uh, before, you know, I signed the papers or whatever. Like, literally, he, uh, you know, he came the next day. He talked to my mom. She signed off on the papers because I had to have her sign off because I was only 17. And then the very next day after that, I went to go get uh, my military physical and take what's called the ASVAB test. The ASVAB test, don't ask me what it stands for because I have no idea. But that essentially tells you what jobs you qualify for in the military. That, that's the test and, that, where, they, where they go to find out if your ass is fabby or not? Is that how that works? Your ass is fabulous, yes. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Okay, clear it's it up. The, is your ass fabulous test? And by the way, I scored fucking high as hell. I doubt that. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> God's honest truth. They said, your ass is fucking fabulous. Fabulous. That's exactly what they said. Fabulous. Now bend over and spread them. Uh, <laughs> uh, turn your head and cough. Armed services, vocational, aptitude, battery. Battery. Battery, yes. Battery. Like a battery, yeah. Like, why not the fucking call a test? I don't understand. Battery? Like, like a salt and battery? Battery? Hmm. Battery. Battery. So they want to find out if you like the Energizer Bunny or the uh, the Copper Top? Uh, uh, 
Yeah, actually, I think, to be honest with you, everything's really fucking generic in the military, so it's probably more like uh, fucking <laughs> AC Delco or <laughs> not even that. It's like it's like Walmart brand batteries. Yep, yep. <laughs> Bob's batteries or some shit. Shelf life of like six months or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't even Rayovac. Let's put it that way. And when they die, they, they leak that white powdery stuff everywhere. Oh, yeah. Start rusting up and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I took the test, and, you know, they tell the recruiter your score and what jobs you're eligible for, and the recruiter came to me, and he was like, you scored high enough, you can do whatever the hell you want. What do you want to do? And I'm like, huh. This is all happening so fast. So, like, I didn't think about that. He was like, you know, you, you shouldn't be infantry because that's for stupid people. Not, not really stupid people, but people that score lower on the uh, Rayovac testing. You said this was like 97, 98, somewhere in there? Yeah. Uh, I believe my my score was a 97. Yes, sir. No, the year. I think 99 is the highest. Oh, no, no. 98 was uh, 98 was the year. Okay. And you the, the highest you can score is a 99. And I scored like a 96 or 97 on the test. So no, I was just, I was just thinking timeline wise. If this is 1998, and someone asks you, you know, what do you want to do? I'm surprised your first response was, "All I want to do is a zoom, zoom, zoom in a vroom, vroom." Ooh, God, man, where were you in 1998, dude? College, man. But I'm thinking, fuck, overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was community college. I'll give it that. Hey, man, still higher education. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that song came out like five or six years before that, though. <laughs> so, you know uh, what? I, 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 I got that CD from Columbia House, so you're probably right. <laughs> oh, the 12 CDs for a penny or some shit? Yeah, exactly. Is that Rex and Effects or is that K7? No, that's Rex and Effects, Rex baby. And effects. I remember recording that on the radio. Yep. Uh, I think I recorded over my mom's Hall and Oates tape. Good choice. With, with that. With that. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know what? I, I, I said when I was, I told the recruiter, I said, when I was younger, like I'm old and shit. I said, when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. So can I be a military lawyer? He said, well, you have to go to law school. And I was like, um, what about paralegal? He was like, yeah, you can be a paralegal. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a paralegal. I had no idea what the fuck that was in the military. And to be honest, I really had no idea what the fuck that was in real life. I just knew that I got to work with lawyers. So did you think like you're going to be like a paratrooper that like signed documents? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, they were going to drop me into war zones right. to fill out wills. For, for soldiers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it'd be like, all right, what what do you want? You're the guy that takes the letter. You're like, make sure this gets to my girlfriend. You're like, that is my job as a paralegal. I parachute in and I get the information out. Yeah, no, I had no idea. <laughs> but to be honest with you, if they would have told me that was the job, I, I would have definitely signed up for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> i knew a guy that went in the army once uh but when, when he went in uh they asked him what he wanted to do he's like oh and they kind of showed him this training video of different jobs that you can do in the military 
and he saw this one, I think it was like a military scout or something like that. And in the video, it showed a guy like looking through binoculars, standing on top of a tank as a tank's like going through the countryside. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he's like, that looks cool. I want to do that. And he's like, man, that was the biggest mistake of my entire life. I was in for four years, never once saw a tank. All, all I did was I would go, I would hike several miles a day, dig holes in the dirt for me to go to the bathroom, sleep in the dirt, and just spy on stuff, basically. And it was never anything good I, that I spied on either. It's like, <laughs> it was all training bullshit. <laughs> Well, no. When it, I think he, went, I think he was old enough to be, because I met him in '97. Okay. So yeah, so he might have been um, old enough to be uh, Desert Storm. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's funny though, because I, I have a story about Scout. But um, yeah, so I take the test. I'm going to be a paralegal. They're like, hey, you. Uh, um, uh, you're going to, you're going to go get your physical done and I go get a physical and you know, it's essentially the physical is like, got any health concerns? No. Uh, you know, they ask you to get down to your, your underwear and the dude is, I, I promise you dude's like 70, 80 years old, probably fucking give physicals to people going for the name. No bullshit. And like old clammy hands and shit. And he's like, all right, walk across the room, come back. Now, now squat down and walk like a duck. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, but how does a duck walk exactly? And uh, he was like, squat down and walk on your toes. And, like, I start falling over because I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. So literally he says, go out there and get the kid that just left. And I'm like, okay. So I go get him and the kid comes in and he goes, can you show him how to uh, do the duck walk? And, like, he's demonstrating how to walk like a duck. And I'm like, oh, that's it? Like, there should be pictures up on the wall, like, how to properly duck walk in your boxer shorts because, holy shit, I had no idea. But I guess the big thing, and if, if you can pass the duck walk test, you're in, man. You're in like Flint. <laughs> I think we used to do that in uh, PE in grade school, actually. I do remember, like, the beanbag throwing game doing while doing the duck walk. I don't remember that. Yeah. It could, could have been my teacher. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was into ducks. Could be, could be. Maybe he liked Howard the duck. Uh, that would have been, I think Jim, I think, uh, grade school bef- would, would have been before Howard the duck. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> So yeah, so the duck walk he gets you, he gets you in. Uh, so I guess I was a good duck walker. And then the guy was like, "Okay, here you go." Um, the recruiter's like, "Okay, you leave uh, last day of school is on this day. You leave two days later for for basic training." I'm like, "Okay, wow." So uh, I have like this little party or whatever. Uh, the weekend before I'm supposed to leave. How did the age uh, of the doctor affect the experience? I didn't quite get that. Um, well, all I can, like, I don't know. Like, he had, uh, he had years of doing this. Like, it just seemed like he was, like, he looked at me like an idiot because I didn't know how to duck walk. Like, I should know 
what the fuck is going on when I went in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they do some like, like touchy things. Like they don't really, they don't grab your balls or nothing like that, but like they touch your neck and like, they make you like stretch your back and stuff, make sure you don't have scoliosis and stuff. And he has like all <laughs> wrinkly old, <laughs> which doesn't work by the way. I, I, I was clear for scoliosis at my, until I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, they think like, and I have full blown of- hardcore stage four scoliosis. <laughs> yeah. See, and they, they you know, and th- but they thought that you just take your shirt off and fucking bend over and touch your toes. Right. Ah, you look up. You look about straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're good. Um. But he was just so old and like he had that mindset, right? Like it was like he he probably thought that as long as you could walk and talk, he's gonna pass you. Like I didn't think there was anything that was gonna happen where he was gonna say you're not fit to join the military unless I would have came in there with like fucking one arm or some shit. Right. So, uh, you know, he, he wasn't like the guy in Captain America where he was asking me, you know, why do you want to fight Nazis or anything like that? He was just like, hurry the fuck up and get out. I got shit to do, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. type thing. Uh, it seems like the number one thing I I know of people not getting in is uh, heart murmurs that usually seems to be the big one. Yeah, they check your heart. Yeah, I guess they check your heart, and, you know, my ticker's all good. So, yeah, but I, I've heard that, too. Like, they, people will tell you shit. Like, a recruiter will tell you, I've, I've seen people not get in because they get bad ingrown toenails. I'm like, that fucking old dude, I can imagine he's probably got toes that he can slit your throat with. So, uh, I don't think he's, you know, not not uh, qualifying somebody because <laughs> of ingrown toenails. Right. But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe younger people, uh, younger doctors will, but not the guy I had. Um, so, yeah, heart murmurs is a, probably the number one thing that I, I remember uh, people not getting in. So um, so a couple weeks later, man, they, uh, they send you, uh, you stay the night in this hotel, which I never figured out why you stayed the night in a hotel the night before you left. It was just really weird. To me, that like they take you and your recruiter picks you up. He takes you to this hotel, and it's not like a nice hotel. It's like fucking shitty ass fucking no tell motel type place. And you you know you're sitting there, and it's like uh, okay, so tomorrow you're gonna get on a bus and you're gonna go to the to the processing station. They're gonna give you a packet, and then you're gonna go to basic. And I'm like, where am I going to basic? And he was like, they'll tell you tomorrow. So, like, so backing oh. up real quick, I actually know a guy. I dropped him off at the hotel uh, for for his night. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did, and I actually hung out at at, the, at one of these hotels once for several hours one night because at the time we were like twenty two years old, so we could drink. So oh, nice. So and 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 it was weird because like no one was in their rooms at this hotel. Like everyone was like camped out in the hallway, just kind of like having like these social kind of uh, you know powwows with everyone while we hung out in the bar. Yeah, and I was probably the only guy in the room because, like, at this point, I'm in, like, fucking full freak-out mode and shit because I'm like, oh, fuck, what the fuck did I sign up for? I can't get out of this shit. I already signed up. Oh, what, what do you mean man, only guy? Like, only male or only person? No, the only person. Like like you said, there were people in the hallways that, that were, like, getting their shit out the next day. 
uh, hanging out. There were, there were fucking people like in the lobby and shit hanging out and everything like that. And I'm just sitting in the room because I'm like, I don't know any of those fuckers, uh, down there. And like I said, I'm like fucking freaking out and like trying in my head to figure out a way, how the fuck can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, eventually I fall asleep next day. They're like, uh, you're going, uh, to Fort Knox, Kentucky. And, uh, and I'm like the saddest airport in the world, in my opinion. Well, so they, so I was coming from Indianapolis. They sent us on a bus. Okay. Me, me and three other guys, uh, they sent us on a bus to, to Fort Knox and, the funny thing is, all three of those guys were uh, scouts. They were going to go. They were going to the military to be scouts. And uh, so, I, you know, we strike up a conversation or whatever, and they're like, "What are you? What are you going in for?" And I'm like, "A paralegal." And they're like, "Why are you going to Fort Knox?" I'm like, "Fuck, I don't know. Why not?" Because I was thinking like maybe they just send you to the closest place. That's not the case. I get to Fort Knox and. Everybody's a fucking scout. Everybody's going to be a scout. <laughs> and I didn't even know what the fuck a scout was. I thought like fucking Boy Scout or Cub Scout or like I had no idea. And there and then they, you know, they describe, you know, what's going on and everything like that. And I'm like, dude, I think I'm in the wrong place. Uh so so you so you get there and like the first night we get there because we took a bus, we get there at like two AM in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And like, you know, you get off the fucking bus at 2 a.m. and it's like, stand at the yellow fucking line, feet on the white footprints, yelling, 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 yelling. You go into this fucking room, they cattle, like, they, they shuffle you in there like fucking cattle, and they're like, do you have any contraband? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Maybe. And they're like, do you have a weapon? <laughs> and, and I swear to you, I say it depends on how desperate you are. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go over well. Didn't have a sense. So it of seems humor. like you haven't changed uh, much over the years. Oh fuck no, man! It was so bad. <laughs> oh my god! It, like my time in the military, especially through basic training and AIT, was people yelling at me. And me laughing and saying something smart-ass back to them to the point where I'm doing push-ups or stupid fucking details, which are jobs to do, uh, that you have to do, like cleaning bathrooms and all kinds of stupid shit. Because, like, my way of dealing with uncomfortable situations, humor. Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever have to cut the grass with a pair of scissors? No, cutting grass with a pair of scissors, I never actually saw that. I did cut a lot of fucking grass, though. A lot of fucking grass. My uh, so my friend that I met in college that was a scout. Uh, he he wouldn't shave, like like because he, he was one of those guys that he was when he went in he could not grow any facial hair whatsoever. So he would like okay. go go and like pretend to shave for thirty seconds, and then like during lineup the next day, like there would be like one hair on his chin that the drill instructor would see, and he'd get yelled at for it. And he said his punishment was he used to have to go through to the what's the field called where you guys do like your final uh, march and all that for graduation. Uh, uh, shit, 
treatment. I don't know. It was like a ceremony field. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, he, so he says more than once he had to go through and spend hours cutting the grass with a pair of scissors and a ruler uh, on that field. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he said it was just agonizing. It was the worst punishment he had gotten. He's, he told me he'd rather do push-ups. Yeah, I did a lot of it. You know, but, so is this the guy that was in during Desert Storm? Yeah. So, yeah, things change, obviously, over time. Like, when I went, uh, you know, drill sergeants could put their hands on you. You know, there were some things that were, like, they couldn't do, you know, because just rules had changed in regards to what you could and couldn't do to a soldier uh, during basic training. So, From what I've heard from other people, kind of. Uh, I, I, know, I know a guy that, that went in for training. This is the person I hung out with in the hotel uh, the night before. They uh-huh. I got chipped out. He went down to Georgia for his training. Um, Fort Benning? Yeah, Fort Benning. Uh, he witnessed uh, I, I, the Full Metal Jacket scene where uh, – uh, you know, a guy had to lean into the instructor's hand to choke himself out, basically. And he was calling me or whatever, and writing me letters, just, just like I, and, like trying to get in touch with like a congressman or whatever. Be like, this is ridiculous. They can't, they can't do this. So I would tell you, uh, Fort Benning in regards to the ar- army is is a completely different animal because mm-hmm. everybody that goes to Fort Benning, uh, at least it used to be is infantry. So in, infantry is different. Yeah. He was, he was uh, going to be a do ranger. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, so different animal than, you know, people that their number one job isn't to go, um, frontline battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people who go for bidding, like you are going to see combat if you stay in, for any amount of time whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, did you go through boot camp then in, in in your um in your training, or is it a different kind of boot camp for an ROTC officer? So I wasn't. So so there's so there's a difference. So, so I was in JROTC, which is in high school. Right. ROTC is if you're in college and you're going to become an officer. I was not going to become an officer. I was a uh, an NCO, so I went in as a private. Interesting. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So nothing I did in school had any effect on what I did in the military. Right. Um. So so if I would have went to like college and would have been an ROTC in college, I could have went. Uh, to officer or OCS officer training school, something like that. But I didn't do that. So, so, so JR, JROTC, am I saying that right? Or is it JRROTC? JROTC. JR. Weird acronyms. So that's more in line with someone that's going into infantry then that, as opposed to someone that's going to be becoming an officer then theoretically. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily infantry. So, so you have NCOs, which is not non-commissioned officer, which are your privates, uh, corporals, specialists, sergeants, all of that stuff. That's an NCO. Uh, COs or commissioned officers, those are your first lieutenants, second lieutenants, captains, colonels, generals. That's all those people. So it, it doesn't have to be necessarily infantry. It can be any job, mm-hmm. but it has to do with rank. 
Right. It all has to do with rank and what you go in as your as your rank. Okay. Would would you have called you that that summer boot camp? Is that considered boot camp or is that something else? Uh, so boot camp is like what the Marines go through. Uh, in in the Army, it's basic training. Okay. They're equivalent to the same thing. It's just you know tomato tomato. Right. So, but so they, yeah, that's what I went through though. And 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 like you didn't go through like, like a like a like a easier version of that since, since you were the the JR OTC or is it like the full on the same for everyone? No, same thing for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I guess you could say I went to the easier version because I didn't go to Fort Benning in Georgia. So that's like the, you know, hardcore, hey, we're going to train you to, you know, be on the front line type thing. Everybody else goes to everywhere else. There's so many training facilities uh, for the Army in regards to basic training that you can potentially go to. And I just initially, I got sent to to Fort to Fort Knox, Kentucky, and then you go through what's called reception. And what reception is is so reception's a week long. They get all your paperwork, you get all your shots, you get you get all your clothing. Um, you know, you make sure that your pay is right. They make sure that you have a bank account. I, like all that processing happens at the what's called the reception station, which is a week before basic training actually starts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at the end of that week, then they send you to uh, what they call downrange, which is where you go to the, the company or battalion to start your, your basic training. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm here and I'm going through all this shit and like everybody's telling me the whole fucking time, you're not supposed to be here. And, and I'm like, well, I'm fucking here. So here I am. So, so, so you were like living like the clerk's life. Like, like everyone's just like, isn't today your day off? Not even supposed to be here today. Fuck! Not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh, fuck you. Working on my day off. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You're not even supposed to be here. And it's like, yeah, probably fucking not, man, but I'm here anyway. And like, everybody's treated the same. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, isn't basic. And, and, and again, like, dude, I never wanted to join the military. Like I had no fucking idea what was going on. I was just doing what I was told reluctantly at times. And so, so after I go through the initial, you know, the, um, the reception, you know, the day, the morning that you're supposed to go start basic training, you know, everybody lines up and then they split you up. You're going to this company, you're going to this company, you're going to this company. And they send you, they put you on buses, they take you to the other side of the post to start basic training. And that's where you meet your drill sergeants and whatnot. Well, so we're we're standing there. We're getting ready to go. I get, you got your your bag on your back that has all your clothes and all your shit in it. And uh, they call me out of line, and I'm like, "Fuck, man!" Like I didn't do anything this morning. I know for a fact. But I go over there and I talk to the drill sergeant, and he's like, "You're not supposed to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here today." And I'm like, "I've been being told that for a for a week, man." So. What does that mean? He goes, you're in the wrong place. And I'm like, 
like wrong like reception because again i have no idea he goes no you're supposed to be in south carolina at fort jackson south carolina they've been trying to find you for a week <laughs> and i'm like what a week i've been here the whole damn time he was like well we got to get this figured out and we got to get you to south carolina <clears throat> and i'm like holy fuck so so I've never been away from home at all. Like, I never went to, like, summer camps or any of that shit at all. Uh, so I'm going to do this. I've never been on a plane before. Hell, I've never even fucking been on that long of a bus ride. <laughs> and now they're like, hey, you're going to take, the cab is going to come get you. You're going to take a flight to Pittsburgh, and then you're going to go from Pittsburgh to Columbia, South Carolina. And then they're going to take you on a bus to Fort Jackson, and then you're, you'll start your basic training when you get there. So I'm navigating all of this shit in my mind. Have no idea what's happening. Like I said, I've never fucking flown before. I don't even know what security's like at the airport. I'm 17 years old. I got two fucking big bags of military shit that I have to carry with me because I've already signed for it. And they're like, well, we can't take it back. You got to take it with you. So I'm like, by the way, I'm uh, at this point, I'm 87 pounds and 17 years old. Okay. And I've probably got about 100 pounds worth of shit that I'm carrying through airports and everything like that. Running because I'm like. How tall do you think you were at this time? Uh, I was 5'3". Okay. 5'3". Yeah. Okay. That's that's not terrible. It felt terrible. <laughs> well, no, I, I I I wasn't thinking about the pack size. Yeah, that with the pack size, that does sound terrible. Yeah. So uh, you know, with the pack size and everything like that, and I'm like trying to run through the airport, just like I don't want to miss my flight because I'm like, holy fuck, if I miss my flight, am I going to get in trouble? Like, what happens if you like you're not where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there? Um. You know, so I fly to, I, I, I get into the fucking Kentucky, the Louisville airport um, from Fort Knox, and I walk in, and you know what's fucking right there in front of me when I get there? Uh, a restaurant? A statue of Colonel Sanders. Is there? Yes, sir. So this is funny. I've flown out of that airport like three times, I think, in my life. I've never noticed that. I, yeah. I, I guess it, the, I guess it depends on what, what entrance you go. We go in, maybe there's more than one entrance to the airport. Must be. I I don't fucking know. All I know is like there's this big fucking white statue of Colonel Sanders, and I'm like, what the fuck? So it's a statue of Colonel Sanders. So so I, I've uh, I've like I said I've, I've flown out of that airport uh, I think at least three three or four times, and um, I call it the saddest airport in the world. Because I, I, there were so many people that deployed from that airport over to the Middle East when, whenever I was going there at that, at that time. Because uh, this was like late 2000s. Oh. And oh my God, the amount of uh, you know, um, you know, uh, people that, that are in their military uniforms, um, you know, hugging loved ones goodbye, tears galore. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to eat my salad. And this is just ruining my appetite. Uh, it was, it's sad. It really, really is sad uh, watching all those people say goodbye. And so many people would go in the front doors with their family and, and then take them up to the checkpoint and then say, say goodbye. 
Yeah, which makes complete sense because, like, as close to Fort Knox as it is, you know, that would be the airport they would fly out of. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, by the way, probably like three minute warning. Yeah. So we're going to probably have to continue this another day, but I think we can do that. Um, yeah, so I'm going through the airport and I get on the fucking plane and I feel like sick to my stomach. Fucking airplane, never been on an airplane. I'm like, I'm going to die on this fucking airplane. This is bullshit. Fucking army. What the fuck did I do? And I'm like, and what did I do? So I'm like fucking freaking out and shit. And I like, I, I finally calm myself down and I go to sleep. I get to Pittsburgh and I've never been to Pittsburgh airport, but there's like trams that go between the terminals. And the flight was late, so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to miss the connecting flight because there's a time change and all kinds of shit. And I'm running through the bags, and I didn't know you got to check your bags at a different place than the fucking gate. Holy balls, dude. Fucking going crazy. And then I get there, and they're like, flight's delayed. <laughs> Thank God, huh? <laughs> Thank God flight's delayed. And I'm like, so how long, because, like, I'm supposed to be in Fort Jackson, South Carolina by 5 p.m. And they're like, yeah, you're not going to make that. And I'm like, what do you mean? I got to call somebody. I got to tell somebody. They're like, you can go to the USO. They'll, they'll, they'll let them know that, that the flight's delayed. So I go to the USO, and I tell them, and I'm like, so I ask the people, I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, when, when are we going to get out of here? And they're like, well, they're having engine issues. I'm like, well, what does that mean, man? man? I'm like, again, first time flying, freaking the fuck out because, like, engine issues, I'm going to die. So, so I hang out. I, I hang and, out. And, in the and Pittsburgh's an interesting airport, too, as well. I, I don't know if you had, if you noticed that or not. I didn't notice shit, man. I ran straight to that. T- I was afraid to fucking go take a piss because I was afraid I was going to fucking uh, miss the flight. Again, I had never flown. Because if I remember correctly, uh, Pittsburgh's the airport that it's like, um, at least some of the runways kind of go straight, straight into like a side of a mountain. So if you're looking out your window while you're taking off, it looks like you're getting ready to run into a mountain as you take off. And the takeoff pattern is like, it's like you go straight to, in, like, towards this mountain, this side that looks like you're going to, you know, run straight into. And then like, it, 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 and then it's a sharp turn either left or right, 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 right after the wheels get off the ground. Holy fuck. I'm glad that it was dark by the time that the flight took off. Because I know a guy, that was his first flight, was back in, was from Chicago to Pittsburgh and back. And he was just like, oh my God, I don't want to fly ever again. Yeah. I, if I knew that was the case, I probably would have shit myself. <laughs> I think that's Pittsburgh Airport, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been, but I tell you what, so like I'm waiting and I'm waiting for the flight and they get over the announcement and they're like, yeah, uh, we think we've got everything fixed. We're going to do a test run. And I'm like, okay. So they're like, we should start boarding in 20 minutes. And then they come back and like test run didn't go too well. We got to do some more repairs. And I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like what is going on? Finally, we leave that fucking airport at 11 o'clock at night for a flight that was supposed to leave at two in the afternoon. Um, 
<laughs> I the first time I flew to China, which is normally like a thirteen hour flight, uh, we were delayed several hours because they're they're having problems with one of the engines. And after we boarded, uh, we had to sit there for like two hours because they were still having problems with that same engine. And uh, you know the route to China is you fly over the North Pole from here. You know, so so you're over a lot of water and a lot of ice for most of the trip, and I'm like, oh my god, my first trip to China, I'm gonna die. Oh my god! Luckily, it worked out, and luckily there was a tailwind, so we uh, we ended up. I think it took 11 hours instead of 13 or 11 and a half, uh, which happens because it's such a long trip. Oh, that's good. It can it can vary that much, but um, but yeah, we we landed late, 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 late that night, but it worked out. Oh, that's great. That's great. Derek, I just got home, um, so I think we could just continue this conversation. We'll pick up uh, on my journey from Pittsburgh to, to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, uh, the next time we chat. Sounds good, man. Uh, it's It's been a good talk, and uh, we'll see what happens next with you in uh, part two. All right, man. Talk right. to you soon. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.